0: Saturday with Colomo Mongon on RTE Radio 1.
1: Hello again. Now, tomorrow marks the three-month anniversary of the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel, which was the catalyst for a war on Gaza. A war that has killed now more than 22,000 people, has displaced almost the entire population and has resulted in near famine-like conditions in the Strip. Conditions that make the Gaza Strip uninhabitable, in the words of the UN's humanitarian chief. and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Mihol Martin, has today called again for an immediate ceasefire and has warned too about the potential further escalation across the Middle East region. And he has criticised the recent comments from Israeli government ministers calling for the resettlement of Palestinians outside of Gaza and the settlement of Israelis within the Strip. I've been speaking to Daniel Levy. He's president of the US Middle East Project He's a former peace negotiator for Israel. He has since been advocating for a two-state solution and is critical of the current Israeli government. I began by asking him whether the widening conflict in the Middle East, something the US wanted to avoid, would lead Washington to exert greater pressure for a ceasefire in Gaza.
0: That's the key question. Will the Biden administration now directly make that linkage and use the word that it's been allergic to for the three months of the conflict that, thus far. And that's the word ceasefire. Because thus far, the administration in the U.S. has been clear in not wanting a broader conflagration. We are closer to that now than we have been. So they've, they've really not done a sterling job in that respect. But they have not connected that to the necessity of an end to the mass Israeli military assault and killing in Gaza. And I think many people would look at this and say, yeah, we get that you don't want this to spread, but really it's 22,000 plus, and we don't know how many are under the rubble, dead Palestinians, 9,000 plus dead Palestinian children. Staggering numbers way out of proportion to anything, let's be clear, that we've seen recently in the world, including in places where America has been very forthright in condemning. Is that not enough? It hasn't been enough. But will this threat of a conflagration now drive the Americans to do what it has conspicuously been unwilling to do, which is to draw a line,
1: so who does who does Washington appeal to within the Israeli government or is it an appeal over the heads of the current government to the people? Because Joe Biden expressed his sympathies on October 7th after the Hamas attack that killed so many people. Is it time to cash in that political capital now with the Israeli public and say the US believes it is in Israel's long-term strategic interest to move towards a ceasefire now? The
0: theory is... That America has bought this goodwill with what is called the bear hug, with its backing. And by the way, it was right to condemn absolutely what happened on October 7th and to express support. Now, one might have thought that the time to say, OK, enough is enough, was long ago, long before 85 percent of the Palestinian population in Gaza, 85 percent are displaced, 70 percent of the housing stock is damaged or destroyed. Because now we see not only the Israeli military action directly causing death, but the conditions there. We're being warned about mass starvation. Disease is rampant. It's winter now. So it's, you know what, it's long past time that America did that. And that means speaking both to the leadership and above the leadership's head to the public, but in meaningful ways. And, and, And here's the thing. If it's just words, if it's just, we think you should act differently, and then the Israelis test what that translates into. And when they test it, America is still providing the weapons. America is still vetoing resolutions at the UN Security Council. America is still this week coming out against the appeal by South Africa to the International Court of Justice on the concern that the crime of genocide may be committed or could in the future. Um, Be committed in what's going on. If America doesn't translate things into meaningful action, and if America's friends and others in the world don't step into that vacuum, then I'm afraid the Israelis will shrug and say, yeah, we've heard the words before, but where it counts, where it matters, America is still with the killing so we can carry on
1: and closer to home from you know where i'm sitting here what can the eu do in any of this and and what can ireland do within the european union to try and support an effort towards a ceasefire which similarly there there was some difference of opinion on in the european union at the outset of this conflict
0: well indeed i mean that has been very stark the the divergences within the european union you've actually seen the common foreign security policy chief uh, the vice president of the Commission, Josep Borrell, kind of find his voice during this conflict in in counterposition, really, to to the head of the Commission, who who has been appalling uh, on this, Ursula von der Leyen. So I think, yes, increase the pressure inside the EU, but also act. As groups of like-minded, even if you can't carry the entirety of the EU with you, you saw the Spanish and Belgian leaders on that Gaza border crossing uh, some weeks ago, challenging Israel. And right now, I would say the thing that is getting Israel's attention, the thing that perhaps in this current phase will most challenge the impunity, is this South African appeal to the International Court of Justice. Really, And I think the yeah, really, I do, because the news has now come out of Israel that the foreign ministry, the prime minister's office, are mobilizing to phone and write to as many countries in the world. They are worried about this. They are worried that a ruling that calls for Israel to immediately refrain from those actions, of course, won't have anything to back it up. But it will create a new bar. It will make things awkward for America. It will open up. Future prosecutions that concerns Israel. So if I were sitting where you are today, I would say, let's see Ireland and as many others as possible. Step forward. You know what? Ideally, come out in favor of that submission. Ideally, make
1: supportive noises. And if a ceasefire was achieved, how could that be built on? How could a meaningful negotiation be set up in a way that involves parties that are credible to and actually representative of Palestinians In a climate where Israel's stated goal is to remove Hamas from any governance roles and it's setting down a list of conditions of who it will and won't deal with.
0: Well, well, let's be clear. Israel's government position is not just about Hamas. The guidelines of the Israeli governing coalition are that the entirety of the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people only. So that's everywhere. Gaza, West Bank, East Jerusalem. That's the position. Israel has said it will not negotiate politically with the Palestinian authority, the guys who collaborate with Israel every day to provide securities, security to Israelis, not Palestinians. We should take very seriously just how extreme this Israeli government is on the Israeli side. It's all about prevention. It's all about stopping Israel from carrying out its plans to displace a maximum number of Palestinians, control the maximum of Palestinian territory. And I think the way that you, one of the ways that there might be political change in Israel is if Israel sees that there are actual costs and consequences to its policies towards the Palestinians. And there are other dynamics there. You know, the families of those being held in Gaza, many of them increasingly understand that the Israeli government doesn't really give a damn about those people being held. So there's lots of dynamics that could come to the fore, but not if Israel is treated with impunity. On the Palestinian side, it's clear, we do not have a credible Palestinian leadership, not because that leadership is opposed to peace, the PLO. They've, to be honest, given Israel uh, an incredible offer for a state on 22%. It's Israel who's rejected that, but that leadership does not have credibility with its own people. Everything should be encouraged in terms of Palestinian political renewal, not placing preconditions on that. And yes, Hamas is going to have to be part of any future Palestinian renewed national movement and any future process.
1: That was Daniel Levy, president of the US Middle East Project himself, a former Israeli peace negotiator, speaking to me there. We'll take another break. We'll be looking ahead to the local elections after this.
0: Saturday with Colm Amongan on RTE Radio 1.